0: God knows how to repay you. I started giving on that level so that God would owe me.
1: Whatever you do right now, don't you stop tithing.
0: Harvest responds only to seed, not to prayer. I have the
2: biggest house of any preacher in America. You know why? Faith insists on possessing
0: possessions.
2: This is not about material wealth. This is about God in His providence orchestrating all of history in order to bring about that which we need more than anything else, and that is to be rescued from God.
0: It's time for Wretched Radio with Tom Friel. A method to this madness? Very interesting theory, Mr. Thompson, but you overlook one
1: very important point. And that is? He's stupid. It's most stupid theory I ever heard. <laughs> this is Wretched Radio. Have you been hearing some... Stupid theories, perhaps some nonsensical communication that causes you to scratch your head and ask, where am I? And that is the question du jour. It is also the question of the day. Where are you? Where are we? Perhaps, maybe, possibly, God is abandoning, perhaps? Perhaps changing an entire civilization in order to do something for you and for me? I can answer that question. Of course he is, because God is indeed intimately involved my life and your life, and nothing happens without a purpose, without a reason. God is orchestrating all things for our good for his glory, including the collapse of a culture. People do not believe in God. They're increasingly becoming nuns. The religion, the Bible, very low view, but a very high view of the autonomous self, science, what they think is logic and reason, and writing a new morality code. It has shifted underneath our feet. Perhaps it is best to think of the epoch in which we are living as if you decided that you and your family were going to become missionaries. You decided the people in Boingo Boingo, they need the gospel. So you start to prepare. Not only do you sell your home, pack up all of your goods, But you start learning more about Boingo Boingo. Why? Because you know it's going to be different. It's not going to be the same. You would not leave as a missionary having said your tearful goodbyes to friends and family without expecting it to be a little bit different. Now imagine you arrived in Boingo Boingo and suddenly everything is just foreign. The language is different. The customs are different. The rhythms are different. Would you be shocked? Hopefully not, if you prepared for it. You wouldn't be dismayed that everything is so different. You would say, okay, yep, okay, we, we heard about this. We read about this. We should have anticipated that we wouldn't be comfortable here. Question, what did you expect? It would be rather naive to think that lost people don't behave in lost ways. I do believe that is illustrative. It's even an illustration of you and me right now. We haven't moved, but it seems we've been transplanted because the earth underneath us has shifted You and I haven't changed zip codes, but the land in which we live is different. And if you read any news feed, undoubtedly, you are just perplexed and going, this is just imbecility. And so it is. But just like you and I shouldn't be shocked when we go to Boingo Boingo that things are different, we shouldn't be shocked that things are troublesome, troubling, confusing, uh, and uh, downright disappointing. We should know this because we should understand where it is that we are living. And you say, well, I, I know where I'm living. I live in my house on this street. I know, but let's think in biblical terms. Where are we living? What kingdom do we occupy? Who is our sovereign? What are we doing here? We are aliens, strangers, foreigners. We are here temporarily on assignment from the king to point people to him that they might know the best entity in the universe. This is not our home. This is a tent, a temporary dwelling. And you and I, frankly, we should feel different here. We should feel like I don't fit in this because, well, we don't. Perhaps, maybe, possibly, understanding how grocery stores can be racist will help us adjust our attitude. Let me explain that, Lucy. Somebody sent me a slew of links to idea at wretched.org about food being racist. I read the articles, and as you're about to hear, they make sense, I'm sure, to some people, but they're not going to make any sense to you. Why do I share this? Perhaps it is an effort to make a little bit of sense out of the madness that we're experiencing, not just to hear it and, oh, those dodo dummies, look at how foolish the world is, but to recognize, whoa, wait a second here, we are not living in the same place. I am now a missionary. I now understand that this planet is not my home. Heaven is, and perhaps it will help us to adjust our expectations to perhaps minimize our disappointments and to set our feet on higher ground. We know the hymns, this earth is passing away, heaven is my home. But it's perhaps time that you and I, because we can indeed be deluded into thinking, hey, this place is not so bad, Well, I think now we understand that it is because all we are seeing manifested today is what has always been inside of the human heart. It is just unbridled now. And you and I can be, "Ah!" or we can realize, wait, I'm a missionary. God didn't move me, but he certainly has transplanted me into a different nation right underneath my feet. I'm not going to be mad at these people. That you, you can't reason with this illogic. But I can share the gospel with them. I can love them. I can reach out to them. Headline, covert acts of racism have been happening in grocery stores and restaurants forever. Did you know that? That your grocery store is racist? Why? Well, you see, there are certain foods that are put in certain aisles. There are, is typically in a bigger grocery store, a section that is labeled international foods, <laughs> where you'd expect to find stuff that isn't common to this culture, which there's the problem right there, culture. That is the way that grocery stores have designed their place based on the input of experts who exist, who go to school to study, where should you place stuff for maximum sales? eye levels, colors, signage. All of that is indeed determined well in advance to get you and me to spend more of our cashish on groceries. And they determined, for the sake of convenience, so that people can find it, we are going to put those foods that come from different nations in a, in a particular aisle so people can find it. No. Apparently, we did that because we think that Western food, a.k.a. white food, is better than those foods. So we put them into the grocery store ghetto because we don't like the people who come from the nations those foods represent. Did you know that? (laughs) Did you realize that you have been racist simply by shopping. Furthermore, that you have been racist simply by preferring a certain type of food. And that is the way it works. You grow up in New Orleans, You're probably like more Cajun Creole spicy stuff. You move to Blandville, a.k.a. the Midwest, and your palate is going to be, oh, well, this isn't as good. But you can't say that these days. You can't say that the type of food that I grew up on is my preference. Because of CRT, that preference is now labeled as either privilege or being racist or being condescending, that you would dare to think that that sort of food is best. And certainly you shouldn't think that it's normative for a culture to enjoy a particular kind of food. Therefore, grocery stores are racist. Not persuaded that your feet are no longer standing on terra firma, but that you are in a kingdom of darkness. Let's see if we can continue to at least find a way to respond to the madness. Next on Wretched Radio. Two
2: Why do we believe so much in biblical counseling and its comments like these? I just haven't thought of it that way. Pretty intense, huh? Those are comments from real people receiving real biblical counseling for real issues in season one of Transformed. Released this year, Transformed is like nothing else you'll see on Christian TV. You're a fly on the wall witnessing real biblical counseling sessions. With Dr. Greg Gifford, Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University, he's our host and biblical counselor conducting these sessions, which deal with issues like anxiety, OCD, anger, trauma, depression, and much more. And Dr. Dale Johnson, the Executive Director of ACBC, is our other host. Dr. Johnson chalk talks the sessions to provide a deeper understanding of biblical counseling. Transformed is truly a -a one-of-a-kind production, providing you with an up-close look at the hope and relief only the Bible can provide. Transformed, from brokenness to wholeness. And it's available now at transformed.org.
1: Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building His church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Aspiritu from the Masters Academy International in the Philippines.
0: Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform form lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of jesus christ
1: jesus is on the march in the philippines souls are being saved churches are being built and yet there are too many empty pulpits and that is where you come in would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided the masters academy international training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Important dates in Christian history.
0: 800 AD, Charlemagne, the grandson of Charles Martel, is crowned emperor by the Pope on Christmas. He ushered in the Carolingian Renaissance, which advanced the church, education, and culture in the Holy Roman Empire. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Earth
1: has no meaning here. Oh, hello. Welcome back to Wretched Radio. Uh, The world has shifted, and you and I perhaps can take advantage of our cultural collapse to perhaps fix our eyes where they should have always been gazing all along. And that is heavenward. That is focused on eternity. The kingdom that we are currently residing in is a kingdom that is ruled by the prince and the power of the air. The Lord lets him roam about, prowling about, seeking people to desire, The devil is the ruler of this place. Now, is Jesus sovereign over him? Of course he is. The devil is God's devil. And yet, this society that we live in is not, we shouldn't anticipate that it would be Christ-like in its perspectives. We we just we shouldn't we shouldn't be shocked that pagans are acting like pagans and yet. So many of us are so distraught over what is going on. Let's see if perhaps we can use this madness to change our perspective and perhaps be more productive in this zip code that the Lord has assigned to us. You are here because God has ordained you to be here at this time. I'll be honest with you. In, in pondering this, I thought about how I just—I never anticipated that the world would be this dunderheaded. Growing up, it just—it it, just—it—it it, it never crossed our minds. Now we were always aware. There were always people who were prophetic in the sense that they would just look down the tunnel of time and go, you know, there's a pretty good chance this is where this is headed. You, 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 you think about some of the people who, for decades, have been prognosticating a collapse of culture. But overall, we didn't imagine it would look like this. We just thought, well,'ll we'll, we'll lose the election for a season, but then we'll get it back again, and'll we'll, as the ebb and flow of political power passes back and forth, we'll just have to wait again. But now we have a sense, no, this thing is fallen apart. And these articles uh, that I hold in my never-before-nicotine-stained fingers demonstrate that you and I, were foreigners and strangers. Grocery stores have been racist forever, says this article at delish.com. <laughs> it's funny. Their subtitle is, It's Sometimes So Subtle you may not even realize it you're you're right it it is so subtle because this is a concoction of folks who are consumed by crt that are on a path to deconstructing everything and i mean everything there's for a long time there's been a deconstructing of music we like to think that our music is better today it is not There is some subjectivity to music when it comes to preferences, but there's an objectivity that says there's just some stuff that's better than others. You can listen to an orchestra or somebody banging a garbage can lid with a hammer and realize, well, one of those sounds is just a little bit more sophisticated and more pleasing to the ear. We've been deconstructing music. We have been deconstructing clothing. We have been deconstructing values morals, manners, and now food. We are deconstructing food and the way that we consume it and even purchase it. Just listen to this. This, These these, these are the reasons that grocery stores are racist. Grocery chains choose location based on income and education levels. Did, Did you know that was happening? That grocery stores have the audacity to understand the neighborhood before they move into it and invest perhaps millions of dollars. That's racist. If they do any sort of thinking, where does our shop have the best chance of success? Oh, not that neighborhood? Then we got to look to another neighborhood. Congratulations, you're racist. Now, do we know... That people can be racist in making decisions like that? Of course we do. In fact, don't know if you caught this. Warren Buffett and one of his subsidiaries has lost, and they've been determined to have been redlining. And so I believe it's $20 million, maybe $200 million, has to go into communities where they have been discriminatory. It can happen. It does happen. Now, the good news is anytime we see it happen, (laughs) we want to eradicate it. Hey, that's criminal. And so they are rightly being punished for their discriminatory behavior. But some people intentionally not wanting others to thrive, that's one sinful thing. Simply knowing if that neighborhood is the best place to put my business Uh, That doesn't have to be racist, but it is these days. Segregation exists on shelves. I'm going to read this. You're not going to understand it. Once you're shopping inside a grocery store, subtle issues persist. If you're looking for any sort of ingredient that may be specific to a cultural dish, Goya products, rice noodles, specialty seasonings, you're likely to find an aisle in your grocery store labeled international. Sometimes gasp i mean this is this is shocking sometimes signage even differentiates specialty specifically between latino foods african foods asian cuisine and so on oh can you believe that they label asian food asian food because well that's where it came from And that is the predominant food that is consumed by that particular culture. And there again is the problem, culture. They don't want a culture. They want to deconstruct our culture. And they're doing it by labeling everything racist. Another article about food and racism. That cultural favorites... Having preferences when you say, hey, kids, what do you want for dinner? And they go, hamburgers on the grill. You inform them they're being racist for liking that food because you can't like the food that you grew up on because the food you grew up on was white. Therefore, you're being racist. Did you realize that when American culture is the barometer, is the headline. White people in the United States have long thought of themselves as the cultural norm, the default. Well, that's a mischaracterization of the way that nations work. You wouldn't say that if you went to another country. You know, Asian people in Japan have long thought of themselves as the cultural norm and default. Well, the languages got loaded, but you'd go, well, that is their Culture that they're Japanese, so you know they're they're acting like they're Japanese because that's their culture in America. That's racist. Forces assimilation. When communities are told that their food isn't valuable, it's another way of saying they aren't valuable until they assimilate to the mainstream. (laughs) Not understanding how capitalism works, oh yeah, we want to deconstruct that too. If people don't like a particular kind of food, uh, that, that demonstrates not only that they're racist, but listen again, when communities are told that their food isn't valuable, it's another way of saying they aren't valuable. All right, I'm just going to come right out and say it. As a rule, I'm not a fan of, these days I better play it safe, of our particular country. <laughs> I just don't care for it. It's not like I sit there going, and the people who concocted it are terrible and beneath me in dignity. I just don't like it. That is me signaling I think that I'm better than those people. Did you know that? It encourages appropriation. Classical and hot cuisine tend to categorize regional and ethnic food as a pleasure trip for the sense or something that requires fusion so it can be safely eaten. All right, so if somebody does fusion food... And, and people do that. They, they fuse two foods together. That's being racist, discriminatory, and saying, you know, the food that we're fusing, we don't think it's as good as the food that we prefer. It limits representation. Many of the current recommendations for healthy eating do not offer visual representations of culturally diverse food options. So if you look at healthy food and it has a piece of chicken and, and, and maybe a little bit of vegetables, that's racist. Because other cultures have healthy food too. So, what do they encourage? Just get rid of healthy food altogether. And you should be able to eat whatever you want to without feeling bad about it because other people think that it's not healthy. (laughs) Have you been persuaded? This was printed, by the way. This is on the internet. This was written by adults. This ain't home. Let's take this opportunity to adjust if we need to and turn our eyes upon Jesus, his eternal kingdom and eternity. This is Wretched Radio.
2: This is Ratchet radio and i'm jimmy hicks and we start with the story i think i was surprised to see according to a brief by the u.s department of justice that's biden's department of justice the rates of violent victimization are significantly higher in relationships among people of the lgbt community compared to those who are straight and again i think i'm surprised that this is coming from biden's department of justice Now, The government-sponsored Children's Transgender Clinic in the UK is shutting down operation after a report found the clinic not safe for children. Call me a bit naive, but I think just the nature of the work done at the clinic should tell you it's not safe for children. But this particular report was made by a senior pediatrician who said the clinic was not a safe or viable long-term care option because there hasn't been consistent data collection by the clinic nor evidence that the clinic ever referred children for mental health evaluations prior to butchering them. That's not really surprising at all, but maybe this is good news. Maybe. And now, your daily dose of nonsense and weird. The Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine has just advised hospitals all across the country to start using the term father's milk. Because women who decide to be men can still get pregnant, have babies, and breastfeed. If someone gets pregnant, gives birth, and breastfeeds a child, that would be the child's mother, regardless of whether they feel like a man or not. And that is your daily dose of nonsense and weird. You're welcome and more than 10,000 Nigerian Christians recently gathered to protest an all-Muslim presidential ticket in Nigeria. They say they're concerned about what implications this will have on the country. They also say, the Christians that is, that there are concerns over religious tolerance. Nigeria has a long-standing tradition of Christians and Muslims running together on the presidential ticket to protect religious liberty for both religions. And as we remind you frequently, please continue praying for our brothers and sisters in Nigeria and all over the world. Okay, so this may be your second daily dose of nonsense and weird. I guess I could have saved it for tomorrow. But anyway, I've already started. Scientists announced this week that the Asian murder hornet has just had a name change. The new name, Northern Giant Hornet. Because, well, you know, it promotes hate crimes to call them Asian, though that's where they originated from. Oh, and murder? It just sounds too mean, even though that's what they do to other insects, especially honeybees. You know, before long, we're not even going to be able to call ourselves American anymore because it's offensive to somebody somewhere. Nonsense and weird. Yep, that's your second daily dose. You're welcome. More Ragged Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks.
0: Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called God and Savior. If Jesus were only human, His death could not have paid our debt. But Jesus is both man and God, able to represent us, yet able to bear the wrath of the Father. This is Wretched
1: Radio with Todd Friel. Put that glass of milk down and just walk away. This is Wretched Radio. Uh, do you drink milk? Uh oh. You're racist. Do you like to put some sort of creamer into your coffee? Uh oh. You're racist. You say, wait a second, how does that work? And the answer is, it doesn't, but it certainly does somehow in the minds of unbelievers. They have come to the conclusion that food is now racist. Headline, dietary racism. Dairy is racist. The food pyramid they taught you in school was not meant to be for your health. But much like everything else in this modern world, it was made for capitalism, writes one health editor, that we have decided in order to make a lot of money so that farmers apparently and the dairy industry can be flush with cash. We're going to make all the kids drink milk. It's not good for you, but it does make us money. (laughs) Did you know that was going on every time you drank one of those little cartons of milk? I wonder what they charge for a carton of milk these days in schools. It was two cents when I was a kid.
2: Really? It oh, yeah. was a dollar when I was a kid, and that was a long time. For a time. carton? Yeah. No. It was.
1: The, the little pint, like yep. that little shorty thing that it you could was. do in one shot. Yeah,
2: it was. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, you know why? Because they just wanted- <laughs> 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 We're making money on the little urchins. Or... A bunch of people, right or wrong, back then, they would be scientists, determined milk is good for kids. It develops healthy bones and teeth. It helps hair not be so brittle. Nope, 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 nope. It's capitalism that was covertly propping up the prices and the forced consumption of dairy products on your children because we're racist. You say, I think I'm losing my mind You're not, but the world is. (laughs) Get ready. Coffee shops like Starbucks and others charge more for non-dairy milk, forcing BIPOC and lactose intolerant customers to either pay the surcharge or choose a beverage that will make them unwell. Starbucks is discriminatory. They hate people with upset tummies, and they're just using this opportunity to make more money. Or maybe, I don't know, it just costs more, and they pass it along to the consumer. Is that a possibility? No. No, it's not, because everything is being deconstructed, including Starbucks. Everything is being changed. There is a word that is being used, too, deconstruction. It always takes time with words, doesn't it? But we're starting to understand what deconstruction is more and more these days. Okay, you take something, you dismantle it, point out anything that is deficient or bad to cast the entire system away. We we get that. So what word are they using now instead of deconstruction? Decolonization. You see, the people who have been living on this particular terra firma, they, they, those, those people. They have tried to build a culture that they think is better than any other culture. That's 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 high-handed crime. Now you and I know that's how the world works. <laughs> French people think their culture is the best overall. Some people are disgruntled, of course, but they maintain a culture because. That's their culture. And we need to recognize that there's more afoot here than just decolonization. Where is this going? When, when when we hear stories about borders being erased or not respected, hmm, where's that headed? Where are we going with that idea? That we open up the borders and it just doesn't matter who comes or who goes. Perhaps you're hearkening back to Genesis 9. Perhaps you're reminded of Paul's words that God has marked the epochs, the seasons, and the boundaries, and that nations are God's concoction that are put in place for the sake of humanity so that we don't go back to the Tower of Babel under a delusion thinking that we can build a tower to heaven and kick God off of his chair, and so he scattered people, and with that, there there came a sense that the nation that I am living in is a place of borders and boundaries, and you have certain norms. How do those norms happen? Uh, how how do how is it that hamburgers are indeed so popular? What pizza? What 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 is it about? Is was somebody? suggesting that people who don't like pizza are second class citizens and we're 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 going to I like pizza so you're going to have to like it too it's not the way that it works in a capitalistic society if people don't like it they don't buy it you go out of business and you're no more people like burgers in this culture they like pizza in this culture and it really has a lot to do with where you grew up your palate has been affected by the place you dwell You're used to certain types of foods, and you just have a preference for them. Not anymore. If you have a preference, it is because you think that your culture is better than every single one, and we need to decolonize that concept. From yet another article on food being racist, decolonizing our plates must be linked to a mainstream mindset shift. It requires a general acknowledgement and understanding that there's no one size that fits all when it comes to food. You don't say. I think that's why we have, what's the word I'm looking for, options? And that there are different people who make different stuff because they recognize people have different preferences and tastes. No, we, we need to recognize those tastes are cultural, a.k.a. white. And we need to decolonize that because food has been a part of the colonization of white European heterosexual males. There's no reason to exoticize or demonize these foods. And they don't need to be modified or healthified or made palatable for one group. They can and should be enjoyed in their original forms without guilt, shame or embarrassment. So if you see somebody who is consuming a particular food that we know isn't all that healthy for you, shame on you because you are imposing your racist food values on other people by defining what is healthy and what isn't. Food bias is linked to implicit bias, I'll say, which dictates the unconscious attitudes that everyone has. You don't know that you're being racist when you put your fork in your mouth Trust these people, you are. Looking down on another culture's food demonizes one of their major pillars and makes that culture who they are. Exactly! But not this culture. Other other culture's food is celebrated and honored, but not the food that we eat here because it's racist. Uh, Yes, they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. Think 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and 3. Think 1 Corinthians treatise on the insanity of the world, that the mind that is unregenerated is this. This is it right here. You remove Christian restraints, any societal shame, the grace of God, and this this is what you get. Now, it looks a little bit more sophisticated than the Island of the Lord of the Flies, but it's not. It's just a mind that is busted, and the only thing that fixes it is regeneration. Remember, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. You've got to get saved before you stop talking like a sausage. You must be born again, otherwise, your babbling is just that utter nonsense. Does this alter the way we understand what we're doing here? Shouldn't this cause us to start asking some questions? What am I doing here? And maybe it's time to examine things like kingdom theology. One or two kingdoms. It's a worthwhile conversation to have. Do we want to spend our energies trying to persuade people that grocery stores are racist, that they're not? I don't know what kind of errand you call that, but I would biblically call it a fool's errand. I couldn't sit down to eat with these people because, first of all, they would think that I'm being racist for putting food in my mouth. but i i I, I couldn't persuade, oh, see, you but. Be- Let me tell you about Antonio Gramsci. He took Karl Marx and he turned it into a slow march through the institutions. And you're simply a part of that army that's trying to decolonize or deconstruct everything. So now that you've got your thinking straight, pass the butter. They're still going to think that dairy products are racist. Do you, do I need to change the way we engage with the culture? See them for what they are, utterly darkened and lost. And their only hope is the light of the gospel. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this... Groovy. Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A pre-born center in Buffalo was firebombed. A pre-born clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A pre-born clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the pre-born centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn born and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering three loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life, preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched.
2: Hey, hey, thank you for tuning in to Wretched Radio today. We certainly appreciate your time. Did you know there is actually something in existence that gives you information on things happening at Wretched? Things like upcoming product launches or details on upcoming seasons of our productions of Wretched Radio, Wretched TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, and Breaking Bread. Also, information on job openings here at Wretched, information on upcoming sales in the Wretched store. What I'm referring to is the monthly Wretched newsletter. If you're not already receiving the Wretched newsletter, you're missing out on all of these things and more the wretched newsletter also contains thorough and in-depth messages on a wide range of theological topics and that's not all as a wretched newsletter subscriber you're also eligible for resources that we give away daily here at wretched so sign up and don't miss out on any of this stuff by becoming a wretched newsletter subscriber by visiting our website at wretched.org scroll to the bottom of the page and fill out the form Wretched,
1: amazing grace, amazing gospel. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit Medishare.com slash Wretched Affordable Biblical Health sharing Christians paying for other Christians medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, Love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash Wretched.
0: Attributes of God God is a person. He is not a detached, impersonal force. He is a conscious, self-aware being with a mind and a will. He has made himself known through scripture. And most of all, he wants you to know him personally. This
1: is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Not persuaded. Let's go to school. This is Wretched Radio. Educators are concocting new ways to educate our kids. And that's, that would be our kids. That's a, that's a possessive pronoun that means our kids, not, not the education systems, not the governments. They're our kids. You didn't think that you'd have to make that perfectly clear with educators, did you? Please note, I know there's a lot of good Christian educators I'm not talking about those good folks. I am talking about sociologists and mathematics education scholars who published a paper titled, You Need to Be More Responsible. This is written to teachers. Here's the subtitle. The Myth of Meritocracy and Teachers' Accounts of Homework Inequalities. Does that make sense to you? It does if you're an educator. It's a fancy way of saying we are going to start talking like complete fusilli noodles, just corkscrew twisted, and we're gonna package it in educational lingo, and we will foist it on you and your family, and you will respect us for us because we're sociologists. This was from the New York Times, at least this particular New York Times columnist, Is saying, wait a second, hold on. Are you sure it's a good idea to do away with homework? That's the goal. This is CRT in action. This is this is this is critical theory on full display. You see, when you give homework, there are certain kids who do better with homework than other kids. And we have studied it, and it's, I think, pretty undeniable. I think it's a reasonable observation that kids who come from troubled homes, broken families single parent homes, food families that struggle financially, they don't do as well with homework, nor do they do as well with SAT scores. Now you and I would look at that and say, then we need to get in there and help. That's not good. We, 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 want, we want people to not have to struggle in school because their home life is a struggle, especially the kids, that's what they were born in. Let's go in there and fix that. No, we need to stop giving homework is the response of the educator because if you continue to give homework you are reinforcing this goofy concept of meritocracy that some people are actually more gifted than others when in reality it is merely their social structure that keeps them from getting the same grades now could there be some truth to that i believe there can be but does that mean we should stop giving homework as opposed to helping those who struggle at home with their homework listen to this thinking this is, this is this is this is this is so detached from the way that you and I function they argued that while there's some evidence that homework might help students learn <laughs> might possibly could you know there's been we've been doing this for decades now but It also exacerbates inequalities and reinforces what they call meritocratic narrative that says kids who do well in school do so because of individual competence, effort, and responsibility. That's right. Meritocracy is being deconstructed. Why? Because that's the way that this culture has done it. And this culture has been predominantly white and it's been a colonization effort. And therefore, we need to get rid of being rewarded based on merit. Everybody gets the same. You say, that sounds strangely Marxist. And so it is the deconstructing. It's happening with food, grocery stores, restaurants, and now schools. Put a bit more simply, the quality of a student's homework production is linked to their socioeconomic status. The authors go on to argue that since that's the case, teachers should, quote, interpret differences in students' homework production through a structural inequalities frame. So let's just say you live in a home, two parents, and you got kids. Down the street, there's a kid who is living with one parent. You, the teacher now, need to receive that homework and go, you know, the homework for the, from the kid with the single parent, it's not as good, but because that's their socioeconomic status, it's as good. It's, it's, it's an utter denial of reality. I mean, evolu- from an evolutionary perspective, this doesn't even make sense. This, this is contra Charles Darwin's theory. Whatever it is, there must be a purpose for it that is good because we're evolving and progressing, don't you know? And this is survival of the fittest. The authors of You Need to Be More Responsible are part of a movement that argues that a meritocratic vision impedes true equal opportunity. In regards to homework... What they're saying, in effect, is that the idea of responsibility itself requires students to be accountable for completing assignments exacerbates inequality. So if you insist a child gets his homework done, well, all you are doing is promoting inequality. It appears as if the authors would rather de-emphasize anything that reinforces the idea that one student is better than another. Well, yeah, this is cultural Marxism. That's what this is. It smells like Marxism because it is Marxism. According to the authors, teachers should factor in a student's socioeconomic status when evaluating their homework. They should acknowledge, even with completed assignments, structural inequalities may be why students with access to fewer resources got more questions wrong than their better resource peers did. You see, if you happen to have those resources, you're privileged and that has to go. You see, you're not starting at the same line that other people are you're already put 50 yards down the track and that isn't fair well we used to call that a blessing we used to call that a kindness from god that you you were growing up in a two parent home where there were values that were taught and downloaded those were those were all considered blessings no Now they're considered privileges, which makes people unequal, and they have got to go, and that includes homeworks. If they want to help these hypothetical poor students, they shouldn't appeal to messages of personal responsibility and individual agency, because those concepts reinforce the myth of meritocracy. Could you have concocted this? No, because your framework and your foundation are biblical, so this to you is like, are you kidding me? We, we don't want anybody who does something better to do better? This, this is, I thought it was common sense, but well, we know that that doesn't exist anymore. Informed by the Bible that says that God does indeed reward certain behaviors, and that if you behave a certain way, things will go better. I was just reading another article Uh, that basically it was talking about if you get married, stay married, and get educated, overall you're going to do better. We've seen study after study. That's true. Why? Because God has designed the universe for you to work in to become smart like him, and if you do those things, you're more in alignment with the way the universe actually operates, and things are going to go better for you. We get that. People who are immersed in CRT, a godless ideology, come up with this. To help combat the myth of meritocracy, the author suggests that teachers not assign overly challenging homework and stop rewarding or gasp punishing students based on the quality of the homework they produce. They also suggest that some teachers... If so inclined, could go a step further in attempting to reduce homework's harm and just get rid of it altogether. That's where we're headed with education. What is it? It's a godless worldview and it's intended to just simply deconstruct everything. How do you think you would persuade that sociologist who is involved in the paper or the educator who has a doctorate from a Ivy League institution, how how would you persuade them that meritocracy is good? Now, I grant you, you could have conversations that help them go, oh, okay, I see, but I don't think they're ever going to be fully persuaded until their mind has been illuminated, until they start getting their thinking in alignment with God's thinking. They, They aren't going to grasp, you are, you are, you're the... You come along and go, well, wait a second. What if my kid is really good in that? No, they come from a two-parent home. So everybody did as good as your kid. Well, but my kid has really worked hard. Well, that's simply because they have privileges. No, it's because they've worked really, we've all worked really because we want them to have a better life. Oh, what's better? Well, you know, not having to struggle for food, having a roof over your head. So you think people who do struggle are less than you? No, that's not what I'm saying. Yes, it is. You sound like the imbecile. I sound like the imbecile. And we are seeing increasingly that is the attitude of our culture. And before the tidal wave effect that is bound to come from this deconstructing, a.k.a. persecution, let's get ready, saint. Get ready to be hated. Get ready to be considered insane. Get ready to perhaps lose house and home and hearth. Let's prepare now. And until tomorrow, go serve your King.